Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackby Ministries International. Well, Richard, it's always a blessing to sit across from you. Wow, that was a nice segue there, Sam. Oh, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> So I try sometimes, you know. I, That's all I can just, ask. These things just come to me, <laughs> and uh, uh, I just I just go with it. So, uh, so if you haven't uh, guessed today, we are talking about blessing. Yeah. Uh, specifically, leadership and God's blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a very happy topic. It is. And uh, happier look, than some we've dealt with lately. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had the uh, Machiavelli book and uh, <laughs> spiritual warfare and evil. I know. In business, and yeah. so this is. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to to get to this. This. I uh, hope you're blessed by it. I I, I plan to be. <laughs> I'm 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 ready. Uh, so yeah, what what do you have for us today? Well, I I thought that uh, today we'd look at uh, Psalm chapter one the very first psalm of the psalms. Uh, and uh, just maybe take a look at a couple of those verses. It's a place I've been uh, camping of late. Uh, and some people feel that actually verse uh, chap- Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 used to be one psalm. Uh, and, uh, and they're, but they're positioned at the very beginning of all the psalms. And uh, Psalm 1 is not necessarily a typical song that you would think of. It's almost more of wisdom kind of literature. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people feel like when the Psalms were being compiled into the book that it is now, that uh, there's a reason that this particular Psalm was put at the very beginning. And so the very first word that you read when you turn to the book of Psalms is the word blessed, uh, which mm. is kind of interesting. And, and then later when you get to the Beatitudes with the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is also beginning and saying blessed are the whatever. Um, and so I thought it would be interesting just to kind of look at a couple of these verses uh, in Psalm 1. Uh, I, I think because in part it, it's setting the whole context. There's, when you think of the book of Psalms, you think of a lot of different kinds of uh, things in there. The 23rd Psalm and uh, yeah. you know Psalm 119. There's There's some great, great things in there. But but this kind of sets the whole stage for that. Before you get into all these promises and warnings and so on, here's something that you just really need to understand. And so the psalmist begins uh, and says, blessed is the man. And of course, it, you, you, could, you should really translate that now. I mean, apply it now to say blessed is the person, the mm-hmm. man or the woman. Um, but, uh, you know, just that word blessed right off the bat. Uh, some people have translated that happy uh, or favored. Uh, there, there's there's different ways uh, to look at that, but it's obviously it's a very positive place. And I don't know if you've thought much about what it means to be blessed. Uh, we we read that word in the Bible. We can yeah. talk about God bless you. You know, it's like uh, when someone sneezes next to you on an airplane. You know, the polite thing is to say bless you. Well, I, you know, I don't, hope you don't. Uh, pull, pull connect, uh, you know, sneezing is with blessing, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, ble- blessing, being blessed is a lot more than that. Um, yeah. blessing is, uh, the, basically blessing is the state in which God wants his people to be in. And if you've ever felt blessed, if you've ever, 
because of maybe what God did in your life uh, that day where you felt the pleasure of God on your life, uh, where you felt like God was allowing you to live the life that he always intended for you. When you think about it, really, to be blessed in one sense means that whatever it is God intended when he created you in the first place. I mean, God looked at the blueprints for your life and your future. He saw what could be in your life, what you could do, what you could experience of him, of others. And there are moments in your life, I feel like, uh, where you may just, in the middle of your day, realize this, I feel like, is why God put me on this planet. Hmm. Things are all aligning. I'm, I have joy. I have fulfillment. I feel the pleasure of God. I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm walking in sin right now. I don't feel like God is unhappy with me. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm right with my wife or my husband, with my kids. Uh, I feel like work right now. I'm, I'm, I'm working in a way that is uh, how I'm skilled and passionate about. I'm fulfilled. You know, there, hopefully there are moments in your life where you just feel like I'm, I am truly blessed. Yeah. This is good. And, uh, and so th- I think all of that is kind of being caught up here where the very first word in Psalms is blessed is the man. And I think God is giving an invitation here. God is saying, just like in John 10, uh, verse 10, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and that you might have it abundantly. That word abundantly, I think, is talking about blessed. I, I want you to live a blessed life, an abundant life. Um, and I, and for those who are listening, that doesn't mean there's not going to be problems or challenges. But, yeah. but don't ever settle for less than a blessed life. Uh, why would you ever want to live a life any other way than blessed? Why would you ever resign yourself to the fact, I guess I'm going to live my whole life in an unblessed state? Um, Hmm. I read that and say, and by the way, if, if you're not living a blessed life, then the odds are against your spouse living a blessed life or your, your children living a blessed life. So if I won't even do that for myself, I, I, I've got to get myself in a state of blessedness, uh, for my family, for those people depending upon me. And so when it starts out, blessed is the man, I think, um, whether you're a business person, you're a pastor, uh, whether you lead your family at home, uh, what can you say that about yourself right now? My life is truly blessed. Uh, and and I'm, not, I'm not looking for a, a cliche from yeah. you. you know, I'm not asking you to say what you just always say. I'm, I'm saying examine the evidence of your life. Look at, don't just tell me, don't throw out a cliche because you know that's what you're supposed to say. Look yeah. at your life as it is right now and ask the question, am I truly blessed right now? Is my life blessed right now? Am I experiencing the favor of God upon my life right now? And if not, then maybe you need to heed the rest of these verses to see, well, what will it take? And so you notice that in verse one, he says, blessed is the man. And then he goes on to say three things. He says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And in fact, uh, what he is going to say is there's three things not to do if you want to be blessed, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. You, you'd think he would say, here are three things to do uh, so that you could be blessed. And right. there, are, there are other places where he'll, he, he's going to talk about that. But uh, he begins by saying part of living a blessed life is choosing not to do certain things. Um, 
And, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments, when God kind of boiled down his will uh, for living for people, he basically said, here's a bunch of things, you know, for the most part that you're not supposed to do. Uh, we don't like rules sometimes. We, we want freedom. Yeah. But if you really want to live a blessed life, th- that means that you just recognize, you know what, in order to live a blessed life, there's some things I just can't do. And the first one is that he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And of course, that word walking is implying living. Uh, it, it's talking about a lifestyle. It's talking about where you place your life. And, uh, yeah. and it says not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, uh, you're, you're not adopting the worldview of ungodly people. You're not taking the ungodly values of people. Uh, be careful about who controls your thinking. Uh, the, 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 where, where you get your counsel from. And, uh, of course today with social media, so pervasive, I, I see all the time people very upset about things, posting their views very strongly about various issues. And yet oftentimes you just get the impression they're just echoing who they've listened to, who the, 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 the Twitter that they've been paying attention to, the Facebook posts, the blogs they've been reading, uh, the the newscasters that they always listen to, and uh, and basically they've filled their mind with those people's counsel, and now that's their their viewpoint too. Who you listen to is going to affect your viewpoint, and yeah. so if you want to live a blessed life, be careful that you're not letting ungodly counsel fill your mind. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we, we overestimate ourselves at this point. We think that we can listen to negative, critical, cynical counsel all day long, and yet it not affect us. Yeah. And yet, you know, I've seen some, some Christian people who are very angry today, very upset. Uh, and, you know, there are things in our world that certainly are upsetting. Yeah. And there are certainly things that you should be concerned about. But I think you have to be careful about who's shaping your view of reality. And what this is saying is blessed is the man that does not let ungodly people shape their views and does not fill their mind with their counsel. And, uh, and I would, there's a lot we could say about that, but, um, but I would certainly encourage our listeners to consider who is it that I'm putting in my mind? Whose counsel am I filling my mind with? And, Mm. And uh, it, that doesn't mean that you can't uh, get some good advice from people who are not Christians, but um, but be careful because someone sometimes people may agree with you for for instance uh, politically, but not spiritually, hmm. uh, or maybe they they see the same way that you do economically, but not morally, and so because you're listening to the, I I agree with his view of economics, but be careful that their worldview of morality is not creeping into your mind as well. So yeah. be careful about not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And then it says, nor stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, some people have seen a progression here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, one, I, one person's called this three degrees of departure from God. At first you're, you're walking, then, then, you, then you're standing, you stopped walking. Now you're just standing there. And finally, you're sitting down. You're you're getting comfortable uh, with the company that you're keeping. Yeah. And so, at first, you were just walking along the way, just kind of listening in to the counsel, the opinions of others. Then you stopped. Now you're kind of maybe taking it in even more. 
And finally, you're just going ahead and sitting down with them. You're just making fellowship and identifying yourself with them. And some commentators say maybe that's taken it too far, you know, different degrees of uh, intensity, but uh, maybe this is just three different ways of essentially saying the same thing. But, but, but basically what it's saying is just be careful where you're getting your thoughts. Be careful who your, your companions are. Yeah. And your companions are anybody that you're listening to all the time. So that means if you love this uh, podcast where someone is constantly, uh, you know, just going on and on about things they're upset about, well, that's going to start affecting your viewpoint. And, yeah. and if you're not careful, if, if you let ungodly counsel fill your mind, then and you begin to become very comfortable just immersing yourself in that all the time, uh, then you may be in danger of not receiving the blessing of God. Hmm. But you know, Richard, I, I love the idea of, of being like a tree uh, that seems to have uh, very powerful connotations. Uh, what did the yeah. psalmist mean by that? Well, yeah, it depends on whether you're like a weeping willow or you're a mighty <laughs> oak, I guess. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, Cracking pine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever whatever he does shall prosper. And, uh, of course, this is being written to people in the Middle East, in uh, Israel, and there's a lot of desert areas there where there's not a lot of trees, certainly not forests. Yeah. Uh, you might see an, around an oasis somewhere where there's a lot of water, some trees, but uh, very harsh, dry climate uh, for trees uh, to grow and to be filled with uh, fruit and, and leaves. And so it's it kind of stands out. I mean, yeah. depending where you live now, uh, trees may be pretty commonplace, but uh, for them, a tree was a magnificent thing. And of course... In their day, uh, li- most of the people are living in one floor uh, size kind of homes and dwellings. And so some of these trees, if they really do grow, can be pretty impressive to the average person in this time that this is written. But what it's saying is that you become a source of strength and you become a source of shade, of protection, yeah. a source of, of replenishment, of, of supply, of food. Uh, it's saying that people will come to you because they find strength there. They find nourishment from you. Yeah. Uh, a big tree can provide shade and shelter and food to a lot of creatures, a lot of people. And so that's God's uh, desire, basically not only to bless you, but to make you a blessing. Yeah. Uh, when, when God blesses you, it's never just for you. It's always for you then to pass it on to others. Well, that's what I love about the tree imagery is that, uh, you know, if we want to say a blessed tree or a, a healthy tree is, is obviously that that's good for the tree. Yeah. But it, that provides so much more to the inhabitants around that tree. Yeah. Uh, if we want to look and, at it in that and sense. And of course, it all depends on water. And so if you find a tree that is near water, that its roots are going right down into a steady water supply, uh, then it can it produces a lot, and and I think certainly something I've had to ask leaders at times is, you know, if you're malnourished, if you're if you're dried up yourself, if you haven't taken time to soak in God's truth and uh, and all the the nourishment that comes from abiding in Christ, that you don't have you're not going to grow yourself. Yeah. You're not going to produce fruit. You, you're not going to have leaves. And uh, so you, you have to keep nourishing yourself spiritually, emotionally, physically, so that you've got something to give others. And, right. uh, and so 
you know, a great exercise might be uh, take a piece of paper and a pen. You may not be a good artist, but but why don't you um, just kind of sketch out what kind of tree you are to others right now? And uh, mm. how how big of a tree? How 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 much shade? How much is there any fruit right now? Like when people are are in need, do they immediately think of being around you? Because when they just get around you, they're refreshed. They they get out of that scorching Middle Eastern sun, and they when they get near you, there's shade. Yeah. Uh, there's protection. There's refreshment. They always feel better having. You know, if they get under the shade of your tree and they pick some fruit and they're refreshed and. They, uh, They've they've satisfied their hunger. It's like, are you that kind of person to others? Yeah. Where everybody just comes away having had an encounter with you, and now they feel refreshed because they had a fifteen minute conversation with you. They mm. ran across you in the uh, in the office, and just even a short conversation, they already feel refreshed because in your workplace, you're that tree that provides shelter and, and nourishment to others. Well, before we go, we want to take a look at verse 2, but before we do that, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Twice a year, Blackbeam Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is November 4th through 6th, and registration is open now. The early bird rate is available until October 1st, and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackabeecoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. So, Richard, if, if verse 1 is what you should avoid if you want to be blessed, uh, verse 2 seems to be like the, the positive side, yeah. what you should do. Yeah. Uh, can you maybe unpack that for us a little? Yeah, and I think uh, anytime you're looking to say, how could my life or my family, my business be blessed, there's usually the, the negative and the positive. There's, right. there's certain things that you should avoid doing if you want to have the blessing of God. But then there's also some things you should choose to do uh, if you want to be blessed. And so in verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Uh, and there's a couple of things there, I think, especially for leaders that might strike you a little strange. Uh, yeah. One is delighting in the law of the Lord. If I'm just real honest with you, you know, a lot of folks might say, Hey, I read my Bible. I wouldn't say I delight in reading my Bible. I, I wouldn't say I delight in rising up at 5.30 in the morning and having a quiet time. I, I do it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, yeah. I do I'm bleary-eyed. I'm aware that I need to get away soon if I'm going to miss a rush hour on the way to work. Uh, but I, tr- I try to at least do my Bible reading, read my devotional. But this says if you really want to be blessed by God... You need to be in a position, in a relationship, where you truly actually delight in God's Word. Yeah, You can hardly wait to open the pages of your Bible and just immerse yourself in what God has to say. Um, and that says more about not just your Bible reading, but it, it's talking about your walk with God. Yeah, Because you know that that's His Word to you. That's His heart. That's His will. And you are in such a relationship with Him, you love to see what He has to say. And Now, I know that there are times where people... I've had people even in my own uh, life that at certain times they began to struggle in areas in their life, maybe something that a sin that they just were tempted by and they wanted to commit and no amount of counsel was going to stop them. Hmm. Interestingly, all of a sudden, a lot of times they stop getting out to church 
or they yeah. stop going to that Bible study. And it's like, hey, what, where, where is he? You know, he used to be at that Bible study every week. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden he's not delighting in God's word anymore. Right. Uh, he doesn't want to hear it because he doesn't, he doesn't want to hear what God has to say because he doesn't want it to contradict what he wants to do with his life and mm. over this business. And, uh, and so when you can truly delight in God's word where you can, you don't care where you open, I mean, you, you could open any page in the Bible and be delighted to read what God has to say there. You don't have to pick and choose and say, well, I like this part where God talks about blessing, but yeah. I don't like that part where God says to avoid doing this or don't do that. Um, so one of the questions I just would have as well for uh, listeners is, are you at a place right now where you truly delight in what God has to say? Hmm. You delight in his word. But the other part that is interesting for leaders is it also says uh, that you, you also meditate day and night. Uh, and again, if you're a busy leader, uh, then you're going to be thinking, well, I... I, I'm, I'm okay with reading a couple of verses real quickly on my way to work, but, uh, but meditating, like who's got that kind of time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it sounds a little far Eastern to me. Uh, just does that mean I empty my mind and just keep saying and repeating the same verse over and over again? Or what do you, what are you talking about? And, uh, I think what meditation really involves is, is parking your life next to a verse and staying before that verse until God helps you understand what that would look like in your life. Hmm. So uh, let me give you an example or two. Uh, let's say you're a business person and you are reading Proverbs and you get to Proverbs 30, verse 5. And there the Bible says, he is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Well, what does that mean? Now, now you could just read that and say, okay, I read my verses for it. I, I read all of Proverbs 30 today, so I've, uh, I can check the box. I did my, I read a chapter of the Bible today. Yeah. Uh, God will be happy with me. But, but meditation says you, you slow down and you take each verse and you say, now what does that mean? And what does that mean for me? And how should I live based on what God wants to do in my life here with this truth? Um, and that, that takes time. And, and so you may, you can carry that with you throughout the day. That doesn't mean that you've got your Bible in your hand all day long or that you yeah. just stay at your, your desk at home and your quiet time space. But, but God might just give you that word. I, I want to be a shield to you. Well, then as you go to work that day, be praying and saying, well, God, what does that look like? How are you, how are you being a shield? Maybe you're being a shield uh, for me right now and I don't even realize it. Yeah. And maybe God demonstrates to you that actually he's protecting you. Uh, the boss recently was uh, upset on a, a tirade about some performance going on in the company. But when, you're, you, when your name came up, God just showed you favor. Uh, and the boss just said, I'm not, I'm not concerned about him or her. I, I think that's fine. And, you know, you, word gets back later. I've, had, I've literally had that happen to me in years past where... Hmm colleagues came back and said the boss was upset about something and your name actually came up and the boss right away said, Oh no, that that Richard wouldn't have, wouldn't do that. Uh, and mm. it was just like, I think I, I wasn't even there. I could to defend myself, but I, I felt like God was being a shield to me. God was just showing favor to me. Mm. People could have decided to hone in on me and, uh, and throw me under the bus, but, uh, God was a shield. 
Or maybe there's something coming up and I've been worried sick about it. Uh, maybe I've got a court date coming up where I've got to go to court over a, a legal issue with my, my business. And, uh, I'm, I'm really nervous about how it's going to go. But, uh, but then I read this and, and all day long I keep thinking, but if God is my shield, do I need to be worried sick? Do I need to be anxious? Do I need to be fretting? What, God, does that mean that I need, how, how do I let you be my shield? Does that mean I've got to do all the, my own defense or are there some things you'll do for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, does that mean you'll guide me to the right attorney? What all does it mean to, to, for God to be a shield to me? Uh, maybe is it a shield of t- to temptation that's coming my way or just to assaults and attacks and a shield to uh, negative thinking of my own that just robs me of the joy of the Lord? I, there's a lot of things that God could be a shield to me about that uh, I, I need to take time and ask, are there areas in my life that I've not let him be a shield to me that, mm. uh, that he wants to be? Yeah. That would actually save me a lot of grief. Or maybe you're reading Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, you know, maybe I just stop and think, am I weary? Am I heavy laden? Is it just, has life been a burden lately? You know, now that I think about it, my wife just commented the other day about, she just, she's been hearing me sigh a lot lately when I get home from work. I just, it's like, I just tired. I'm weary, but I, I don't know if that's just, is that a physical tired or is that a emotional tired? If I, if I just had a lot of draining things in my life lately that are just robbing me of my joy, I, I have I just been getting through life lately instead of enjoying life? Um, and, and what does that mean? Taking his yoke. I mean, yokes are a burden. Yokes are something you have to pull. How would be how would being yoked with Christ actually become more restful, uh, more peaceful? Of course, if you're yoked to a if you're an oxen, which is what you, where this term comes from, uh, you typically if you're a young ox, um, you're yoked with a more experienced, older ox that knows the ropes, knows what to do. Yeah. And if you just kind of learn to follow their pace, just just turn when they turn, uh, stop when they stop. It's actually kind of relaxing to know you don't. I don't have to figure it all out. Yeah, you don't have to think about it. You just yeah. I'm just gonna just look just look beside me and uh, uh, you know that's like sometimes when you're following someone. Uh, you know, you got two cars driving to the same destination, and the car in front of you is, knows where they're going. I, I don't have to pay attention to the GPS. I don't have to be watching for all the crossroads. I just got to watch that car in front of me. Just stay with them and. Same sometimes I think with uh, being yoked to Christ, it's, I just got to keep looking next to me. And as long as Christ, whatever he's doing, that's what I'll do. And uh, if he doesn't mm-hmm. seem upset or concerned, I don't need to be. Uh, it actually takes a lot of pressure off me, a lot of the load off me. And uh, maybe I've been worrying too much about things. And so meditating, uh, there's some great, great verses in the Bible that uh, that are very practical. And I mean, it's stuff that you'll do all through the day. It's like when you, so you go to work and you start, you take a deep breath at your, your desk and you stop yourself and say, Hey, you know what? I, I, that heavy laden, that weary, I, I'm, I'm acting like it again, sitting here at my desk. I think I'm just, I'm acting weary. Uh, God, uh, you promised that you'd give me rest. I, yeah. I need that rest today. It's not even noon yet. And I'm already weary <laughs> at work here. Uh, God, 
show me what that looks like to, to have your rest that restores my soul, restores, mm-hmm. my, ener- restores my energy. Uh, so I think what the psalmist is saying is the people that are successful, the people that have become those great shady fruit trees that just uh, surround and, and provide cover for so many other people, uh, these are people that have figured out certain things I will not do. Uh, certainly I'm not going to let other people think for me. I'm not, certainly not, certainly not going to let evil people, uh, put their values, their thoughts into my head. Yeah. Uh, which means I'm probably not going to watch certain television programs. I'm not going to go to certain movies. I'm not going to read certain books. Uh, I, I don't want my mind filled with ungodly thoughts and thinkings and, and worldviews. But it also means I'm going to do some right things. I'm going to meditate upon God's word. And, and, and to me, meditating means I'm going to open the Bible that I've grown to love. And I'm going to look for those treasures, those promises of God, those great verses that you can just build a whole life on. And when I find one of those verses, I'm not just going to, going to skim over it. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to camp on it. Day by day, I'm going to hold that verse up before my life and say, but am I experiencing this yet? Am I experiencing it fully yet? And if not, God, what do I need to do so I, I experience your rest or I experience you as a shield? Yeah. Whatever it is that God promises. And, uh, and if you'll just do that over time, uh, the psalmist says, you'll live a, a blessed life. Mm. And everything that God intends for you, uh, you'll release it into your life and experience God's very best. And, and I just kind of leave uh, this by just saying, I, I really believe God wants every person listening to this podcast to be living a blessed life. And if you can't say that your life today is blessed, don't be content. Don't, don't shrug your shoulders and say, I guess I'm one of those unlucky ones that's going to spend his whole life unblessed. Hmm. I'd say, no, God gives some guidelines. He gives some counsel to show you how to get your life in a position where you can be blessed. Make those choices, as Psalm 1 says that you ought to do, until you're in a perfect position to receive the blessing of God. Well, we hope this has been a blessing to all of our listeners today. It has been to me. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.